Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode here of the Good vs Evil podcast. As always, I am Rigby, and joined with me is my faithful companion, Mr. Miller. Miller, how are we today? I am good, thank you for asking. It is a beautiful morning. It's the start of a new week, and it is the aftermath of the second game week of the Barclays Premier League season. And we have a lot to discuss. We do have a lot to discuss. Um, There's good things to talk about. There's bad things to talk about, as always. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, But as, as, I'd like to echo, as you said, it's, it's a beautiful morning here in Scotland. Don't know how long that will last for, but it is beautiful. The sun is shining, and all is well with the world. So, all is. So yeah, we'll just um. I I I, I was trying to think, Bella, which games to to put in order today. Um, there was one I wanted to to have an excuse to not talk about first, but I think we're gonna have to go straight into it, and it is of course it was a London derby. It was uh, between two small London teams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm joking. It was Chelsea and Arsenal. And um, it was very, very comfortable for Chelsea, let's be honest, wasn't it? Well, I mean, the good... The, I mean, I mean, before we talk about how, how good Chelsea were, because I know you're itching to, and rightly so, how mm-hmm. worried would you be if you were an Arsenal fan right now, knowing that you've lost your first two games and your next one is City? I would be petrified. It's a bit, it is a worry, uh, it, 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 it is a worrying, it is worrying for them, it really is. Um, I mean, they haven't had, they haven't got, let's, let's be clear, they haven't got their full squad yet, to be fair to them. And, they seem to have been hit with some COVID problems and whatnot. But I just, I don't know. I just don't see how they want to play. And again, Chelsea, I think, took the, took the foot off the gas. To be honest, I think they could have battered them if they wanted. Um, but they, they, yeah. they, 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 yeah. they took pity on them, really, which is which really worry, would really worry an Arsenal fan, I think. Yeah, because because if you're if a team's taking a historic club like Arsenal and a London derby for pity, then that's when you know the mighty has fallen. Cause you you usually take pity of a West Brom or a Norwich or some shit like that, you know. But that's just the that's just the level that Arsenal are at just now, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. I think, you know, watching the game, as I did, I was just off my seat the whole game. I was like, this is just incredible. This, it was worth everything. And, what you know, everything just came to pass. I also didn't really feel like they had anything there whatsoever. Uh, the defence is shocking. I, I even though they, they didn't have Ben White due to COVID reasons, as we found out, let's always fucking honest here. I don't think you'd have done. I don't think you'd have gave them a lot better because you get just sh- shocking. You get Cedric in the right back who barely got into a Southampton team that were doing terribly. You've then got Holden, who they just they just gave him a contract and he's ranked rotten. Um, you get Mary, who Lukaku just bossed, sent that stupid motherfucker for a tap ass for the first goal. Uh, and Tierney, who is one of their best players, but again, he just wasn't. But, I mean, he did okay in, in the Arsenal game. But he's you, you can't be relying on your left back 
to be one of your best players. You need more quality. I don't know how uh, their midfield was going because instead of selling Joe Willock for £25 million to Newcastle, they've still got clowns like El Nene, Xhaka, who someone was actually asking me the other day, um, what, what top six or top ten teams would, would Xhaka get into? And I went, not any of them. Would he get into the Everton team? No. Would he get into the Tottenham team? No. Would he get into the Leicester team? No. Would he get into any t- any of these teams? Would he even get the West Ham team? Probably not. Uh, you know, that, there's just a lot of dead weight in that team, and I think it's going to take it's going to take more than 129 million in this window to fix it. I think it will take a good few years to actually make Arsenal a competent team again, but that's only if they get the recruitment right. And have they? I don't think so. Uh, uh, I mean, let's let's be let's be clear. Like they've they've you know early days of the season. You know, you never panic after the first two games. You know, they've they've played. Two I think three. they should. I I I don't think they should panic yet. Primarily because of what I've already said, they haven't got their full squad yet. They've they've not had party yet. Saka's not started for them. I don't think he's fully fit. Aubameyang is just coming back and whatnot. You know their defense might not be the best, but if you can get, if they can get scoring some goals, it's gonna take the pressure off the defense a little bit more. And to be you know, they're playing against Chelsea, which are a team that are definitely going to be up there and. I would, you know, we 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 should we should also not just go, oh, how bad Arsenal were. We should be talking about maybe how good Chelsea were as well. I mean, look. I'm oh, oh we, we, we were we, 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 we're, we, we're on to minute one. Uh, you you really were, but Lukaku epitomised why. When we said last week, I think when when Lukaku was about to sign, like that's this is this is possibly the final piece of the jigsaw. For Chelsea, and he just works. He's gonna be such a torment this season. He really is. I mean, you must. Yeah. Be, you must be chomping at the bits. Oh, bro! It's just he. He just all all week. I've just been sitting there, waiting for this fucking game. Just. I just I was putting on Twitter, Facebook, saying Lukaku is going to channel his inner Didier Drogba, and I was not wrong. I was disappointed. He did exactly what Drogba would do in an Arsenal game. He would bitch the defenders. He would be a savage. He would just honestly his strength, his speed, his work rate, everything was on display. And he's just so clever as well. He's so clever because I watched him. I, I, I'm not saying I watched the second half. I didn't see the first half. Um, although I've watched highlights and stuff. Um, but he, he just his movement is so good and he's so strong that when like see when like watch other strikers for example, and they sort of point where they want it and the defender can kind of go right okay I can step in here or I can anticipate that. Well, when Lukaku does that. You are fucked because you can't get you can't get in front of him. You're not gonna beat him, so you you kind of just gotta drop off and <laughs> hope for the best. Really, he's or you've got to double up on him. You know, he's he's such a nightmare. And I mean, what what one move that epitomised that was when he Leno made that incredible save from the from the header. That, that was absolutely incredible. Oh, um, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, see, see the thing that scares me, right, about this Chelsea team now with Lukaku. See if you do need to double up on Lukaku, right? All it's going to do is just make guys like Werner, Havertz, Mount more free in that attack anyway. So even if you do double up on Lukaku, you're going to leave a man free, which means he's just going to go. Oh really? Is that is that what you're gonna do? And and he can play in that false nine goal. We've 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 seen it. We even seen it for kind of the second goal, even though he didn't assist it. It was 
him, his strength again, that kind of led to the ball getting passed. Because that, that, the guy was, the guy was on him and they were getting focusing on fucking James, who was just running the right hand side. James bossed that right hand side. His defending was a, was a bit questionable. He's, 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 he was, he's not really the most strongest defensively, but attacking wise, James on his day cannot be matched. And they showed it again in, in the game. And Lukaku is just, you, you, like you said, he's the final piece of the puzzle. He's exactly, exactly what, what we needed in that team. He's going to do great this season. And to the people that said they can't wait to see him flop, eating your words, good and proper after that game. Well, I know it's Arsenal. I know the defence weak, but you can just see by his presence. You yeah, can you can. See by yeah. He is a different animal, and this league is not ready. Well, what I was going to say, Mel, sorry before it was a little bit short there. Um. It's a crucial part of the season for you because you've got some tough games coming up. We've got one game before the international break, which is, of course, against Liverpool, which we will talk about later on. Then when you come back, you've got Villa at home, which is you know, not the easiest game, but I think you should still win that. And then you've got Spurs, you've got City. You know, next three or four games is, is, is a very crucial part because say you only take, hypothetically, you take four points from those. 12 games and whatnot, you know, you, you, could, you could be a little bit left behind, so, you know, especially when you're playing against, like, the City and Liverpool, who, who are your titled rivals, you know, it's it's a crucial part of the season where you you need to keep going, keep taking points, because if you were to lose those first games, or, or you know what I mean, you, you could be left behind a little bit, so it's, it's a crucial part of the season, but, yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated to see how how Virgil van Dijk and, Matt, and if it's Matip next to Mojo Gomez will deal with the likes of Lukaku, you know, is Fabinho going to, you know, he always protects about Ford anyway, but is he going to be given the job of, you know, basically marking him at times when he's not, when he's a bit, when he's not quite as deep in the Liverpool box, so it'd be interesting to see it, it really will, but that was a brilliant performance from Chelsea and um, they definitely deserved that win, probably should have had. A few more goals, to say the least, mate. Um, definitely. Is there anything else you want to say about Arsenal Chelsea before we move on? Eh, not, not particularly. I think we, I think we covered all the the basics. Yeah, well, time, time will, time will tell. But Lukaku, he looks an absolute star. He really does. Um, and then I was so there's a couple of the results that we 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 could talk about, but um. I was trying to think, go through what we should talk about next week. Joe, we'll 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 go we'll we'll stick to towards the top of the table. We'll talk about we'll talk about Liverpool next. I think, um, you know, very briefly, you know, one against Burnley. You know, we seem to be getting back to our best. You know, Virgil Van Dijk was. I I watched um Monday Night Football, which I do I do really enjoy. I like I love Karen Neville's um analysis and whatnot. And there was a bit that Cara done yesterday. Um, and he was showing... So, last season, we didn't have Virgil van Dijk. And, you know, when teams would try and isolate our defence, by it was sort of, you know, breaking quite quickly on us from when, you know, with a goal kick or something like that. Yeah. And you would have maybe a team like Burnley who played two up front. And you could, you know, they're, they're sprinting at the, the, the defenders to try and make it a 2v1 situation. But with Virgil yes. van Dijk... It was almost as if they saw Van Dyke and they were like, "Hmm, oh dear," and and they st- they they still go for it. You know what I mean? But he's so calm that and you just as a fan you you never worry that he's never gonna get it because ninety nine times out of a hundred he does get it, and it just epitomised his performance, which was absolutely outstanding. Um, Harvey Elliott was really good in the midfield again. Trent's assist for the second was 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 pretty good. Um, so you know overall it was a a pretty decent performance. I must you know, I mean, one reason I I speak about this game is actually not really to do with the game itself. It was more the 
the comments. I mean, Ollie and Klopp have come out and said that you know the referees need to be need to look back at this decision to be a bit more lenient because it's getting a bit too aggressive and whatnot. Um, now I know. Now listen, when you had the injury crisis that Liverpool had last season. It's always going to frighten you when the refs go, oh, we're going to let a few, a lot, we're going to be a lot, more, a lot more lenient, um, you know, and we'll let a lot more fouls go. So, as Klopp, Klopp's already going on, no, not again, sort of thing. But, you know, I, I for me, I, I quite actually enjoy the refs letting it go. I think it is a physical sport and whatnot, but, just, you know, what, what, what's your take on that? Do you think it's mind games being played by, by Ollie and Klopp already, or do you think they're just, they're just whinging for the sake of it, Bella. I mean, I think everyone just has that way of thinking. It's just one of those things. Uh, I don't think... There's, I think rules are rules. Just if a, if a foul's bad, if a foul's a foul, it's a fucking foul. Uh, I don't think refs should be lenient, I think. I think refs should be able to think for themselves. It's a job. Managers should stay in their lane and manage their team instead of trying to manage everything else. Uh, I mean, I know, I know, like a few, as the Liverpool had had injury crisis last season, and there was fouls like a Pickford one on Van Dijk that was very detrimental, and it did it did put them out for a long time. Things like that, you can go, right, well, that's obviously, that's clearly a fucking foul. The, the, the build-up and then the execution of it is aggressive. He's Pickford's went in, and you, you, can, you can just tell by watching it, there is intent to take out the player. Uh, so, it's a foul. And, like everything else, if it's a foul, it's a foul. I don't. I, I think referees have been doing this all their lives to the point where they can make the decisions for themselves. They don't need outside talk from managers, assistants, or anything like that. It's a foul. It's a foul. They shouldn't be told by managers, "Oh, you should be more lenient." Or should, well, like, no. You do. You do your job. They'll do theirs. And I feel like the game is just gonna get. It's just gonna get soft softer and softer as years go on. I don't think that's what we want because when you're watching a derby for example, right, uh, you like that aggressive side to it. It's like you're going to battle. It's like you feed on that adrenaline. You know, so you don't want people to get fucking injured and all that, but you, you, you just, you, you, like, if someone puts in... I don't know about you, but I would love Virgil van Dijk to put one through Bruno Fernandes. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, 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 but it's like, it's that aggression, you feed off that, and especially the crowd, you get that intensity, you get that fire, but I don't, I don't, the Premier League's softer than most leagues anyway, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to hear them complain about the fucking Scottish League, Scottish Lower Division League, Sunday Leagues, you know, where people are getting two footed for sport, so, You've just don't let the game become just all soft. These players are going for fucking a hundred million pounds. If they can't take a fucking foul like they used to be able to take fouls when they were fifteen years old, then come on, come on. I, I like, mean, a classic example was the in the United Southampton game. You know, finished one one and whatnot. There was one moment that seems to be really angry in United and. Honestly, I don't understand why they're getting so angry because these are the fouls that th- these rules have been brought in to stop because United were a little bit lacklustre. Bruno had the ball. He just decided to take it easy for No one's going to come for me. They did. He wins the ball. It's not just a little bit to get the ball, don't get me wrong, but it's not a foul. It's a, you know, it's, it's a pathetic attempt to try and win a free kick, which you would have done last season. They would have given that as a free kick, and we would be sitting here going, "You soft bastard!" You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming you know which foul I'm talking about here. Um, when mm. I say that, um, you know, it was, and it was, you know, 
it allows Southampton to get a goal, whatnot. And that's probably you know if they don't score, we don't talk too much about it, whatnot. It leads to a goal, and that's why such a big, a big talking point. But he wins, he wins the ball. It's not, it's not sore. He's gone down like he's been shot, you know, been shot in the head and whatnot. And a lot of players do this, you know, our, our fella does and stuff like that. So this is not solely an attack on Bruno Fernandes, but um, it was really pathetic. And it was great to see the refs not fall for it, stick to their guns and go, no, nope, we've decided we're not bringing, having those fouls in. And, yeah, they, they let play go. So they got their goal. And then, you know, they end up getting a point out of it, which, to be honest with you, if you watch the second half, Probably wasn't. Uh, they probably should have won it in the end. Um, mm. You know, Armstrong had that massive chance in the 75th minute when they just possessed play. He was one on one with the keeper, and he just doesn't put it far enough into the corner. And I was screaming at Sally, going, "Oh my god!" And then if I thought that was bad enough, he gets another chance, like five seconds later from the corner, and instead of just nodding it in, he tries to play back into the danger zone. I mean, oh my god! It was if Southampton didn't want to win that game. Um. So that was a shame for them. But United, I, I said last week about United that, you know, I still question when things aren't going well for them. You know, when it does get tough and decisions are going against them and whatnot, and they go behind, whether they're going to be able to come back the same way they did last season with the fans this time. And, mm-hmm. well, this game sort of put doubt in your mind with that because... For the first 10-15 minutes, they were pretty comfortable. Hogan was running the show and whatnot. You know, they were playing some nice stuff. I don't think they created too many clear-cut chances, but they were getting there. You know, it was just that final ball that they were missing sort of thing. And then they go behind. You know, they, they let Southampton back in. You know, it was five minutes of just lackluster play and whatnot. They giving the ball away and all that. You know, Southampton then were on the front foot. Then in the second half, they kind of come back into it. They get their equaliser. Paul Pogba, you know, again wonderful bit of play, lovely little assist in Greenwood. Doesn't get the best connection on the shot, but that's enough to, to go in. You know, I think the keeper probably should still do better. I know there's players in the way, but I think you need to still do better. I think you can save that. Um, That might be really a bit harsh there, you know. And then you just expect Nathan to kick on. You know, I think Alan Smith in commentary said it, you know. I expect, I, I suspect Nathan are going to have a fair few chances before this, more chances before this game is out. But then, after you said that, it was all Southampton. They got themselves back in the game. And United just couldn't cope with them anymore. They 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 couldn't they they they, they couldn't find that second, third, fourth gear that they found last season. Um, and for me, if I you know they've got a lot of quality on the bench, and they've got to you know I'll be really surprised with Fernando Sancho on the bench again. Um, for the next game, I really will, you know. But you know they 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 couldn't get back into it, and for me that's 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 not overwhelmingly worrying because things will happen like that this season especially with fans back but it yeah. is something to be concerned about I think yeah uh, like if you're an Aitans fan uh, you were you're probably cutting about last week as if you already won the league uh, because that's what they always do uh, and you know they did have an incredible week last week. We discussed that already last week. Uh, and then this week, in complete United fashion, especially in recent times, they just couldn't find, you know, the secret formula they had for last week, even though they were drawn at one point last week. They still managed to find, get into that third and fourth gear, as you said, and completely took the, the motherfuckers for a ride but it was just different this week um, you feel like you, you felt like they didn't have any answers for for for, for what Southampton was doing Southampton kind of played not the perfect uh, game but, they, but you could tell the had a plan, which you couldn't really say for United. Uh, and a team like United have so much score depth and a fucking a great team, you should be expecting them to be able 
make one or two changes and then kick on and get the result. But they didn't. And you you could tell, you know, by the last 10, 15 minutes that they just didn't look like they found something to kick, to kick them on. And is it worrying? Yes. But I think they they they're not they're not like Arsenal. They're not they're not at the point where, you know, you need to start going right. We need to get this player in, and this player and this player in. I think they just need to allow all their players to gel. Uh, Varane's not properly embedded in the team yet. Uh, Sancho's not properly, you know, at it yet. So what, what's just... what's what's your what's your opinion on on Oli not not starting the these stars because. Lukaku has not really had time to settle yet, but he was thrown right in, and he's done really well. You know, why are United waiting? I don't have an answer for that, but I'll try my best to do it. I I don't know I don't know about Varane because as soon as Varane is fit in my eyes, he's in there. He's fucking in there, no question about it. You know, and and with Sancho, Sancho didn't play a lot at the Euros. He played he played some minutes, but he didn't overly play. It's not like his fitness is short. And and as we know, Sancho is a very, very fit player. He's aware, so his his fitness is is at peak. So why is he not playing? You know, you've got Mason Mount, who played mostly every game at the Euros. He's play, he was playing some preseason games, and he played in the Super Cup, and he played in the Chelsea game. So, why is he why is he fit, and why is he kicking on when a guy that barely played games isn't fit yet? I don't see why. I think if they are available. And they're in the squad. They should be in the starting eleven. Not not to say that the, the other players don't need to be there because they, they do. But if you're sitting there, you're 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 starting your new signings for the second game. If they're not ready for the first game, get them ready for the, the, the second game. And if they aren't ready for the fucking third game, then you've got to question yourself as to why that is. And that is a worrying thing. Because obviously they've, they've now second game they've now dropped points, so you've got to be thinking, how could we have prevented that? And it's simple. You know, you know, every player who's available for selection should be ready. If they aren't ready, they shouldn't be available for selection, should they? I mean, I agree with you. I think Varane, we got a bit, a little bit of slack. He didn't even get announced till after, just before the first game of the season. So. That one's fair enough, but yeah, I think Sancho's a, it's a weird one. I, I think he should be just be put in. You know what, what, what are you really waiting for? But that's you know the the size of United's attacking options and whatnot. I suppose maybe Oli just thought it's not let's not throw him into deep end so early. You know we've probably got enough to to beat um, Leeds and Southampton, and they probably should have beat Southampton to be honest. Because at times they made them look really, really you know it made it made it look easy. Um, you know, and Pogba just seems to have just decided, right, this is my last season United and I'm going to go for it. And you know what? It's a joy to watch. He's just so good on the ball. And there was one where um, he he had the ball and he was looking for, at a teammate and then half a second later he turns and the whole defence is on the back foot and he just slightly puts it wide and it was just things like that. He's just If, if United can keep him playing like that, they're definitely going to be up there. So... No, yes, it's a win and a draw. It's not the worst after the season. Four points out of six. Um, so, you know, no. it's it's not the time to have the conversation of are they genuine, you know, contenders. It's 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 not the right conversation yet. You you've got to wait till at least the sixth, seventh, or eighth games to even have a kind of conversation. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. they'll they'll get there. They'll they'll get there. And United are definitely gonna. Uh, a very strong team indeed. Um, so I think I think once you get to about the the tenth game of the season, you can get a reflection of where 
if a team if, if a team is has got the backbone and the ability to actually go the distance, I think once you get to about just under a third of the season, you can sit there, and then once you then get to about Christmas, you can kind of tell, you know, who's going to be up there and who's not, and I mean I I watching the Chelsea game the Liverpool result. You can just tell, and you know, be good for our predictions also because they are top two. You can just tell that those two sides are just—they're on some other level to the other teams, and you can tell that they're they're well drilled, well oiled machines. The managers of—you know—they've they've got something right. Obviously, obviously, Klopp's been at Liverpool for years. You know, he's a, a, a fantastic relationship with his squad. He's, he's, he's one of the best managers in the, in the Premier League. If not, may, maybe one, one of the best Premier League ever. You've got Tuchel, who, since he's come in, has just built, and even said it, he's going to build a squad that no one wants to play against. And after these two games, I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think Arsenal want to play Chelsea again. Um, um. I'll just go back to something you've just said there and I'm going to be very controversial I think only Lukaku scares Liverpool I think he's the only player in your starting eleven who actually genuinely scares Liverpool that's it if you, if you didn't have Lukaku I think Liverpool go into that game fully expected to beat you I really I mean, do that- I mean that's the aura that he brings. I think I think I think every team should be scared of him. Yeah, but what but what I'm, but but what but what I'm saying is that you know I think at times you've got so many options that teams don't know what you're gonna do, and there are times where that's not going to work, and that's gonna give teams hope because if yes the the, the if you talk about Liverpool, for example, right, you know, best team in the world. But the reason, but Liverpool have right. the best starting eleven in the league because they're a starting eleven who all know each other, they're well drilled, and you see that starting eleven and you go, oh shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. when you look at Chelsea, City, United, what might not go for them. Is that you never know what they're gonna, what team they're gonna play, they they're gonna use. Yeah. So you you, yes, you, I, you you you're almost guessing, and that's where it leads to. There's always maybe one decision that a manager makes, but maybe decides to play a, what this player over that, that can backfire on them sometimes. I think I I think you're absolutely correct because I can't predict the starting order, and I never can. But I think I think I think that's also a good thing. And I, I, I do agree with your point about, you know, uh, Liverpool or the, or the strong form because you can, the, the starting 11 is almost predictable. So you just know what you're you, like. It's not like, it's not like they, they are predictable. Because if they are predictable, then teams will be able to break them down more and be able to beat them, which sometimes they, which most of the time they can. But I think. By players who you'd be scared of, Lukaku obviously is one of them. Uh, I I think the re- the the real thing you, you should be scared of is the man himself, Tuchel. I think he's he's just a he's just he doesn't scare me yet. Not yet, but I think he he just thinks differently. He's just a mastermind, uh, and I think. It's, he's he's just getting not everything right, but you can just tell that what he's building right now, if he gets the time, is just something special. He comes at, he comes in four months, even though he that he, 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 he manages the whole campaign. You've got to put, you've got to put respect on Lampard still. He goes and wins as the Champions League. He, and again, same again with the FA Cup. Wasn't there the full time? Got his Tennessee Cup final, even though they didn't win it, they just went on our day. And then he goes and wins the Super Cup. 
if he, if he, if he's if he gets us if he just keeps bedding this winning mentality into the players like James, like Mount, the homegrown players, but and builds them into these serial winners, then it's just, it's it's just gonna be the Chelsea it feels like the Chelsea of old because you'd you'd what homegrown winners like Terry, Ashley Cole, you had Lampard, you, you had that that just that those rocks in that team, those leaders. And I think Mount, James, etc., Christensen, they'll they'll be those leaders for years to come when they're no longer the young players in the team. And you, you then get all these young players in, and then they're the senior players. And it, it's just something really fucking special. Does as a it, Chelsea fan... Do, do, as, one as thing a, I would say, Miller, though, before, before I let you finish your point, right? Does it not worry you if you guys finish third, third or even fourth, which could happen, and yes. then the Chelsea board, who we know are not a patient board, decide... To, when Tuchel is getting close, you can see he's getting close, but but he's not quite catching Liverpool City fast enough for their liking. He gets rid of him, and all that progress is gone. Yeah, I mean that scared me ever since I've been a Chelsea fan. Uh, but what doesn't scare me is despite getting rid of amazing managers like Conte, like Mourinho, etc., we always. Bounce back, and obviously you can't just fucking rely on that because that that would put your anxiety through the fucking wall. But all I need to think about is in the history of things, we always bounce back and we always win. What always. I would say though is when you talk about Mourinho and Conte, it's Mourinho specifically that in his second spell when they won the league, you weren't exactly fighting anyone to win it. You were, you were always the better team by quite a mile, and you would win it quite comfortably. Whereas you are going to have to fight like mad this time. So it's you know it's, it's a different scenario to be in in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're absolutely spot on. Uh, you know, especially especially this season. I think this season will be one of the best seasons. I think. Uh, just because the amount of quality the Premier League has, you Definitely. know, the, 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 also the, the money being spent is just catastrophic. But like you've got Liverpool, who the score is incredible. You've got us, our score is incredible. Also, you've got like e- even when we are we, when we were trying to put our predictions together, even though we said a good few times. That any of these six teams could win it, and well, we said we, four. Let's 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 be clear. No. I, I I don't think. I mean, I put Leicester and Leeds in fifth and sixth. I don't think they'd be anywhere near winning the league. So I don't want. I I would say any of the four could win it. Well, top five, four. We we were saying like any of these teams could fucking win it, and that's just the competitiveness clearly that definitely, and you know. Obviously, I'm obviously rooting for my boys to win it, as you know, you're rooting for your... It's going to be fucking difficult. And it's just... That's what I thought what, what the Premier League did. People say that Premier League is the best league in the world. Uh, there's quite questions about that. But how can how can people say that that is not? Like, what other leagues in the world right now have four teams that could easily win that league. There's, there's not a lot of leagues. No, 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 that. there's there's not a lot of leagues at all. You are you are right there. And of course City, you know, bounced back from losing the other week, um, got their act together and they won five 0 Crucially Jack Grealish got himself his first goal. You know, it's not the best goal, but so important to get that first one. That takes a bit of pressure off him. Um City looking good again, aren't they? But I just feel for poor and Hollywood City. They've had to start against Liverpool and City. I mean, the computer must have had something going for Norwich, I tell you. Yeah, it seems like they always get bad luck at the start of the season. 100%. I mean, the last time they... they, they I mean, I think we mentioned this last time, you know. Last time they were in the Premier League, they had start Anfield. So, yeah, not not a great start at all. 
for, for them. But yeah, I mean, City will be up there as well. You know, won very comfortably. You know, Norwich, you know, just just played into their hands and stuff. You know, so City, you know, when they play against that at home, they'll they will pick up points and they'll pick up confidence. So they will be a, they will be right up there, hundred percent, Manchester City. Um. One team that we've not... The, the last team... I guess the last Premier League we're going to talk in depth about it was last night's fixture. Um, because I was thinking to myself, oh, God, Chelsea had Liverpool just because they've got a C in their name, which is really annoying because we're on the same goal difference and whatnot. But then another London team decides, you know what? We, we fancy being top today. And it was West Ham United. And they were fantastic against Leicester yesterday. They really were. Yeah. Um, absolutely outstanding. Which... Yeah. Come on, Mella. I was working during this, but when I finished, I then looked, and uh, it was it was like uh, the the head the headline was Antonio breaks records as they thrash Leicester. And I didn't see the scoreline. And I was like, what? fucking scoreline was this and then I looked on and I was like holy mother of shit like that's that's a little bit of the West Tower last season yeah it definitely was um, you know and to do, uh, it, yeah, at, to do it to do it at home as well though because one of West Ham's major problems have been since they've moved from Upton Park the, the fans don't feel the love uh, they, they, they can't shake that atmosphere in the Olympic Stadium but I've got to tell you see from minute one they were on it and you could just feel the tension. You could feel like you, you felt as a for a Leicester player because every time they got the ball, they, they kept losing. They, they couldn't think for themselves at all. And, you know, they were making very unusual mistakes. The crowd was getting more and more on top. And then West Ham got the first goal, you know, which was absolutely outstanding. It was a, a lovely, well-worked goal between um, Ben Rama and um, Fornells and whatnot. But the big point was was a red card, which I don't know if you've seen, Mel, if you if you were working last night, unfortunately. Um, but um, it was essentially um, Perez was put off was uh, put a little bit off footing uh, from a chance from Cresswell a little bit, and then Perez instead of like you know stopping stopping or you know whatever, put his foot right through Fornells's up on his ankle, oh. studs right up and everything. And the ref at the time didn't give, didn't, you know, he didn't think there was enough in it. He thought, you know, he's right off balance. He can't do anything about it. But when you looked at the replays, you saw him have a look. And you just, as uh, as I've had loads of pundits say, you know, as a footballer, I know exactly what he did there because I've done it as well. You know his opponent coming and you just decide, I'm going to pull something through him. And it was very dangerous. And... You know, that's put Leicester down to 10 men, and rightly so. I mean, Leicester were in stand, striker was fuming and whatnot. But when they, I think they looked back, they probably looked back at it this morning, and they've gone, do you know what? Iosa, you, you can't do that. You really can't. Not with how many cameras there are these days and whatnot. You, know, you get away with that five years ago if there's, because there's no VAR, you know, and whatnot. But they've done their job right. But, you know, they were fantastic with time. Even before that, they were all over Leicester, you know. Antonio broke the. The uh, all-time West Ham goal-scoring record in the Premier League. He beat the Canio, I think it was. You know, so absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm not sure. I was, he, he done a wee celebration where he planned before the game. They had a cardboard cutout of himself. He put in behind the yeah. the stand, the, the barrier um, on the touchline. And when he got the first one, he went and grabbed it. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was... Um, Interesting to say the least, but uh, fair play to him for having the balls to do it, sort of thing. It was absolutely madness. Um, you know, and then he take and then he, he had another well taken goal as well when he um it was actually similar to Lukaku's in the sense that he's got it's so powerful that you, you can't really get the ball off him, so you've kinda of just gotta drop off, you gotta double up and pray and whatnot. Um, you know, I rate Antonio very highly, he's a brilliant player, and if they can keep him fit all season They'll definitely have a very strong season once again, West Ham 100%. Um, but, yeah, it was um, a very good performance. It put them to the, the top of the table. I'm sure West Ham fans have got that um, laminated and on their wall and whatnot because it's not going to last. Um, <laughs> I'm going to joke, West Ham fans. Um, so, but, yeah, it was a very good performance. Um, and it just shows that, you know, you talk about that top six and whatnot, you know, Let's be let's be let's be clear. We we didn't have West Ham 
in our top six. So not. we're on the back foot already, Miller. So we might be getting these predictions wrong already. It's a long season. <laughs> it is a long season, yeah. definitely. But yeah, fair play to them and whatnot. Um, is there anything else you want to say about that game, or should we move on? And not really, as like like I said, I didn't watch it, so I don't really have the best analysis. But a uh, good good win for for West Ham. Uh, it was indeed. Um, I I'm gonna just um I'm gonna just rattle through then the the rest of the results um very quickly if I may. Like I say, guys, we're not gonna talk about every Premier League game because we can't we can't watch every game and whatnot. So you know, there's no point sitting here trying to act like we've seen a game we haven't. Um, on Saturday, the um, other games was Brighton um, beat Watford 2-0, um, so that, that was pretty good for them, that's, that's two wins and two for them, so very good start indeed for especially against Watford, a team that they'll probably be competing with to try and stay up, so that's good. Aston Villa beat Newcastle 2-0, they start, Newcastle start with two defeats in a row now, I mean, Danny Ings' um, second goal from, from the throw-in is Absolutely amazing. Um, I just showed the quality of Danny Ings. I had Newcastle, one of my one of my relegation teams. So at least that maybe that's coming to pass so far. (laughs) Very true. I mean, I have them in seventeenth, but I have Watford in eighteenth, so it's not going too bad, as I suppose. Um, Leeds bounced back against uh, from the result at Old Trafford last week, and they got a a two-all draw. Against Everton, two teams that will be probably compete will be once again neck and neck with each other in the top half of the table. Um, so fair play to both yeah. teams for that. Uh, probably a fair result, a draw, but I didn't see the whole game myself. So, um, Everton fans, you can let me. Everton, I've, I know an Everton are Leeds fans, so you guys can let me know. Um, if you know one of your teams are hard on to or anything like that. Um, Crystal Palace, um. Got off the mark of a point with Vieira in his first home game of the season. He, they drew 0-0 with Brentford, so they've started. Brentford, the Bees have started with four points out of six. Um, so that's pretty good for them. Hopefully, they can keep it going. If you're a Brentford fan, go on, Miller. Yeah, not bad for them. Yeah, not bad. Um, also the uh, the the Tottenham game. Harry Kane playing. Yeah, he came off the bench, Harry Kane. Um, apparently, the Spurs and Wolves fans were, were, were giving the big into each other about Kane. Um, I saw a, a post about it. Um, Wolves fans were thinking, like, Harry Kane, he's fucking off to Manchester. Um, and then the Spurs fans came back by saying, Harry Kane's worth more than your entire club. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's all, all over rival fans. I mean, that's a rivalry's absolutely fine. We're going to get on to. So a rivalry that happened at the weekend that's that's not so that's not so pleasant to talk about in a second. But yes, Spurs, it's a good result for them. They've started with two wins and two, you know, beat City. They've now beaten Wolves away, which is why one of the more trickier games to go to. So they've barely got himself a penalty. He's looking very good. Looks like he's been revived under Nuno just a little bit. He started the season really well. So fair play yeah. to Spurs for that. Um, and that was all the results from. Uh, the weekend. Um, we spoke about the table. There's four. There's five. Five teams on six points, which is West Ham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Brighton, and Tottenham. I suspect that's not going to be the top four at the end of the season, but who knows? I'll be fucking gobsmacked. Quick question for you: Chelsea finish second, but Arsenal get relegated. Do you take that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that little giggle as a yes. <laughs> um, anyway, we are the Good vs. Evil podcast, and the true evil of this week was in France. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. Yeah. It... Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> We've all seen it. If you haven't seen it, I recommend you just go on YouTube Um and you say it was it Marseille against Lille was it? Nice sorry was it yeah Marseille versus Nice versus Nice I shared it on fucking Facebook it was an eight minute clip yeah and on BT Sport fucking one of the, Listen, most and, and, and the, the what I would say Bella is right the fans can play a huge part and sometimes unfortunately they step over the mark unfortunately you know yes. and. For me, 
I'm surprised it took Pyatt this long to react like this. I really do. I've seen a lot of people condemning Pyatt for, for what he did, right? But how? But, no. but as a human being, you can only get pushed so far. And yeah. if they're throwing water bottles at you, you know, considering how far away they're throwing at them, by the way, like, it's not, you know, it could be bloody very sore, especially if it's his head and whatnot, that could knock him out if, if you are from the top they of the winning. stand. Their team was winning. Exactly, they were winning, which makes it even, you know, even more weird. But yeah, if, if you haven't seen the clip, essentially what happened is that uh, Dimitri Payet, who plays for Marseille now, was about to take a corner in the second half, this was like 70th, 35th minute, whatever. You know, Nisa winning 1 0. They're the home team. And a couple more bottles get thrown, and one hits Payet. And he retaliates by throwing it back into the stand. And the ultras go, wait a minute, how dare you? Yeah, we can throw it, but how dare you're a professional footballer? You're not allowed to do that. And they storm the pitch to get after Payet and all the Marseille players. You know, there's a lot of commotion, a lot of fighting. Two sets of players are fighting and whatnot, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Eventually, the Marseille players, they have to go down the tunnel and the game gets suspended and whatnot. Now, having heard that, what is... I mean, well, you've seen this. What, what's your overall conclusion of it? Who... Is it right to say that Payet is in the wrong, but you understand why he did it? I don't think he's in the wrong. He's not. He's not. You can't just say he's not in the wrong whatsoever. He's he's still retaliated, and uh, two two wrongs don't make a right. But fucking, if people, if dumb idiots are gonna throw things at you, you have a right to defend yourself. And you have a right as a human being to hit back. And if some dumb cunt hits you in the face with a water bottle, all emotions are high, you're also losing the game, and you're going to hit your breaking point, and you're going you're to see red. I understand why he done it. Would I have maybe done, done it in that situation? Maybe. Especially if you're, in, if you're losing the game and your, your emotions are heightened, and you know, you're getting fucking hit with shit. Then you're going to go, oh, fuck these motherfuckers. You know? Uh, and then for the for the, the Nice fans then jump in the pitch and start fighting. And I've seen pictures of like Gwen Doozy with Brazilian's face. The, the, their Spanish defender, I can't remember his name, Alvario or whatever his name is. Alvaro, yeah. he's, he's got like blood down his neck and everything. It's just fucking disgusting behaviour, especially when, you, you know, you're the team that's winning, you're the, the, you know, if this game gets, this, they get, they, the game also get abandoned, so they're not going to, they, they, they might go back to this game in the near future and then get beat, and then that's three points dropped, and that could be a big point in your fucking season, like, if we get to the end, like, if we got to the end and they lost it out on, like, European football by three points, you can go back to this and go... You can, and I think ultimately... You know, we, we hear about these intense atmospheres that gets created. I mean, my club Anfield, you know, when it's a European night or a big team club, we create this hostile atmosphere. And there's been one occasion recently when City brought their bus and, you know, the bus got attacked and whatnot. And that, that was wrong. That was far too far and whatnot. You know, yeah. you know that sort of stuff. You know, when fans <laughs> try to then st- endanger the safety of the opposition team, it's too far. You... That yeah. No opposition team should go to a, a an away match and feel scared that they're gonna have stuff thrown at them. They 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 just shouldn't. It's just that that's just across the that is cross that crosses the line completely. You are not there to endanger someone. You you don't go to a football match and go right. I'm gonna hurt this this this. You know I'm gonna throw this something at this opposition player. I'm gonna try and you know really you know affect something in, in him and all that. And that that is wrong. You're not there. You're there to create a good a, a really hostile atmosphere. And help your team over the line like that, not with sickening homophobic chants and you know all this sort of stuff um, and throwing you, stuff. You, you know, you, it's just you, wrong. You go to football to watch the fucking football. You spend your your well hard earned money, Eston, on to go and watch a fucking football game. If you want to go do stupid shit and you want to go throw balls out, go do it in your local stream. Go do it in your fucking street. For all I care, I don't give a fuck. Do that on your own time. But if you're going to ruin an occasion, from, like that could have been 
a child's first game of football. Do you know it I mean? could, it, and he would have been. Yeah, like that could have been someone's day out on a day off from work. You know that you you've got to think of all these scenarios. Exactly. You know, you've got to think of the not only the players, but also the people in the crowd. Because I'd, I'd imagine there was fighting after the game between the opposite fans. Obviously. But the security did not have a a single handle on it at all, either. They were all over the place. See, when you look and you see those uh, green vests, they were everywhere. And I'm like, for for people that are everywhere, it didn't seem like they were everywhere. Because there was fans managing to get in from the left side to the right side to the centre. There was just no control. And you're like, I mean, you you know, you know, in a game in the UK, you know, an old firm or when an atmosphere is very, very hostile, the shoes, they get right in front of it from the start and whatnot. And my understanding is that this is this has been brewing the whole match. So why the Mm. bloody hell did the stewards not just form something, just go just in case something happens here? You know, that's where your ultras are. That's that's your main stand. That's where the trouble normally will happen. You know, it legit says it legit says ultras above the fucking stadium, but it yeah. literally ultras in big fucking writing. So you're you obviously need to go right. That's the ultra side. Let's get a little bit of extra security there. Definitely. So yeah, it's it's brought the French game into into a bad light. You know, we know we don't want to see that. Both you know. Both clubs will get will get a punishment. They will, you know. I would be surprised if Nice didn't get a sort of stadium, you know, behind closed doors, you know, um, thing after that, uh, punishment. I should say after that game, um, and whatnot, because you can't be doing that and getting away with it. You've got to take a stand. Absolutely, it will be interesting to see that hundred percent. You know, on a weekend where. We've played fans so much for the atmosphere they've created and whatnot. It's just horrible to see, excuse me, um, a set of fans just take that a little too far and, you know, and, and bring the ugly side of the game into fruition. Um, but, yeah, that's that's um, the evil side covered, I think, Miller, 100%. Um, we're making good signs. Well, um, I, well Miller. I think... I think we have one more thing, one more good official for us, one more good thing to talk about. We and do. people, do you think you were expecting me to fail? I was forget. I was expecting you to forget. <laughs> you all thought wrong. You all thought that I was going to just patch us here. We it are is, going, of course, the Logs Fissile update. And Mella, take it from yeah. there. Logs Fissile on Walter's team. We are taking it there. They played on the Saturday and they played in the Scottish Junior Cup against Glasgow United and they won 2-1. And they moved to the next round from goals from a man we, a man we know, a man who we played with uh, before. Well, Sue. Oh, wow. Got one of the goals and Scott Adam. And a 2 1 win at Barfields. And that was a victory because, as we know from the other week, they didn't do too well the previous week. But they're back on winning terms at, yeah. at the illustrious Barfields Arena. <laughs> so, it is illustrious indeed, isn't it? That, that beautiful ground which we've had the pleasure of playing on a few times. Lost a few times there as well, Mara, but shall we really go into that? <laughs> no, let's not go into that. Uh, I prefer Brown Craig. Uh, <laughs> so, it, yes, people who expected me to fail, you've eaten your words. I have done it. I never forget. I take that shit very seriously. So, eat your words, people. Eat your words. <laughs> Eat your words, indeed. Um, Muller, we've got a few minutes this time to, before we wrap up. So we've got some big fixtures coming up. Um, we are, of course, Scottish men, although people don't call me Scottish because of my accent. But on my birth certificate, it says Scotland, so I am Scottish. 
There is a big one. And it is, of course, <laughs> the old... Um, you know, what? what is your feelings going into battle against Celtic this Sunday? My feelings are... Other um, feelings that I always have before a big game. My stomach is always in knots. I feel like shit. Uh, I am working on Sunday, but I am I'm working all weekend. So I'll, I'll, if I can't get it covered, I will miss the Chelsea Liverpool game. But um, I will be able to watch the Chelsea, no, the um, the Rangers. So the game because it's the game starts like halfway or twelve o'clock. I'm not in work till six or five, so I'll be able to watch it. It just mm-hmm. means I can't. Just means I can't drink though. If my team get beat, I can't drink my sorrows though. If my, <laughs> if my team wins, I can't celebrate with a drink, which is probably for the best. I'd say it's for the best, definitely, especially when it's such an early kickoff as well. Yeah, because if I if I was off, I'd be drinking all day. It doesn't matter what the result would have been if we win. That boy, like, yeah, that's celebrating. If we lose, oh, drown the sorrows. I mean, so I... the interesting thing is that there won't be any away fans because, um, essentially, yeah. Ra- Rangers had offered, I think, it was six hundred, seven hundred tickets to Celtic, but then when they went back to Celtic and went, "Are you going to guarantee that our fans are going to get the same level of tickets for your game?" Celtic went, "Eh." <laughs> I'll think then, about it. And Rangers went, fuck that. So they've rescinded all the tickets, so it will only be home fans allowed at Ibrox, which is not good. Yeah. Which, which is a shame because, it, you know, it's still going to be a phenomenal atmosphere, but just having the away fans would have just made it even more special, definitely. Yeah, and in, in recent times, Rangers haven't been taking any shit across the board. So I wasn't surprised at that. But I think there will still be Celtic fans there before the game. Oh yeah, maybe definitely. Maybe they'll, they'll come out in numbers and like they'll 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 chant outside of the ground to kind of give Celtic that little bit of fan there, a little bit of fan atmosphere. Uh, but yeah, but in not not only Celtic fans, they're kind of kind of a bummer because you kind of like to enjoy the back and forth between fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if Celtic are going to be dicks about it, then. We're not going to take it from them, so yeah. I mean, I mean the 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 worst the worst part of that is is if they go beat us with no fans at our home ground, then that'll just make their winning more satisfying. The fans will just dig into it even more. With. So Rangers, if if any of you can hear me, if this podcast has somehow hit your radar, please don't fucking lose. <laughs> I can't handle it. I don't want to go to work because more some people, more people, people in my work do support the unwashed scum of say the Glasgow. Please, please win the game. But well, you don't please. help yourself because on social media, all you do all week is just chat shit about the opposition. <laughs> so you don't help it's yourself. Just, <laughs> it's just the evil in me, rugby. I can't help it. Like. Once Chelsea beat Arsenal, I was on a buzz like you couldn't believe, and I was cussing them off because I was like, fuck you, cunts. I was watching Arsenal fan TV by myself having a giggle. And yeah, if we do beat Celtic, I will be giving them the finger. I'll be flipping them the bird. I'll be screaming at them because that's just the excitement in me. I'm a football fan, man. I just start losing my shit. It's a different <laughs> game, but the rugby golf fans will never have. So, yeah. Oh, God, you've just pissed all them off now. <laughs> oh, dear. They're, if golf fans don't watch, that's their fault. Oh, let's not go there. Um, Just to finish off, Mella, I'm just going to do a wee quick... Fa- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot. I've got some quick fire questions for you, Mella. Shit, okay. Um, they're not prepared. They're off the top of my head um, and whatnot. So it'll just be five very, very quick fire questions. I want a yes or no and a five, ten second reason why you you think okay. this. <laughs> Will Kane be a Spurs player by the end of the transfer window? Yes. Yes. Why? 
I just don't think he's going to... As for some strange reason, I just don't think he's going to leave. For some strange reason, I don't. I just don't think he's going to get put over the line, and I think he will end the next season. Mbappe stay at PSG? Yes. Yes, okay. I, I think he's there. Ronaldo stays at Juve? That is, that's a, that is just newly fresh, so I don't know about that. I don't know what's happening with that. He says he was saying that no one decides his future and that he's very professional, and then he then asked to not be involved in a game. So I don't know about that. What, what team's he going for? I don't know. That's, that's kind of a mixed decision, so I'm not really sure about that. Spurs with the league. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. If that's a, you said serious question? Yeah. No. The two and two. Can Brighton or two and two? Are <laughs> they about, going to win the league? They might win the league. Got better team than Chelsea. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> and the final question, Liverpool will beat Chelsea at Anfield. <laughs> Sorry there, boys. My, my earphone. I touched the touch side of my earphones about to fall off my ear, and then it just like went. No, no, they will not win the league. I, I mean, I said win at Anfield, but okay. <laughs> we will win. We anyway. That that will do. About a very very quick five uh, funny quick fire questions. <laughs> I said they were serious. They're not serious See- at all. See that was that was that was a happy accident because I didn't mean to leave that there, but it would have been great if I just decided right fuck this podcast. <laughs> I thought you'd gone then. I thought it was like I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> oh, hilarious! Oh, yeah. well, it's been it's been a very enjoyable sixty-six minute, whatever it bloody hell it's been. Um, a very enjoyable hour. So thank you very much for joining us as nope. always, guys. Oh, let us know on social media your answers to the five quick fire questions if you like um give us some back if you're a chelsea fan give us some 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 shit back and all that sort of stuff um but yeah miller we will be back next week for the final episode before we take a break for the international break because i don't know about you but there's no way enough i'm gonna sit here for an hour and try and talk about international football because i'll get bored after two minutes oh no one wants that. No one wants to watch that podcast. Indeed. So we will be back next week. You know, Liverpool will beat Chelsea. Muller will be in the mud. Celtic will beat Rangers. And I'm going to be a very happy boy. But until then, thank you very much, Muller. <laughs> Everyone, it's a goodbye from me. Uh, if if, if uh, the results don't go my way next week, it could be one of the worst podcasts of my life. It could be one of the best days of rugby's life. So stay tuned. Be ready. It could be a good one. It could be a bad one. Who's going to be the good? And who is going to be the evil? Who knows? Football changes every week. That is the question. Indeed. Well, that is Mella. That is me. And I am Rigby. You have been listening to the Good Vest Evil podcast. Have a very good week, everyone. Stay safe. Take care. And we will see you next week. Ta-da.